Good morning. When, uh, when Tim asked me if I would share my thoughts about something I'm thankful for this year, of course, this time of year we have all kinds of things to be thankful for, but one of the things that was kind of on my mind at the time was some friends. And uh, I'd like to talk to you this morning about being thankful for friends. Uh, I've been going to church here since about 2004, and over that time I've made quite a few friends here at Great Oaks. And uh, the circumstances under which that's all happened are kind of varied, so I thought I'd tell you all about, about that this morning. Uh, quite a few years ago we had a men's retreat up at Chickasaw, and it was going to be a Friday and a Saturday. And uh, I couldn't stay for Saturday, I had to go to work. So I volunteered to drive the van up for Friday evening. But what I didn't know about volunteering to drive the van up was that most of the older gentlemen who were going signed up to ride on the van. So on the, on the way up there, uh, they talked about all kinds of things. Uh, they talked about things they did when they were young. They talked about uh, the jobs they used to have. Uh, all the adventures they had, and I'll be honest with you, I can't remember what the subject of the retreat was or who spoke, but the stories that those guys told stuck with me for a long time. Now, the, the trip back was a little different because we, we talked about different subjects. We talked about uh, uh, what was wrong with them, what medicine they were on, <laughs> what doctor they were seeing, and when they were going back. So... But it was a great opportunity for me to get to know some men that I ordinarily wouldn't have gotten to know. And uh, I've been grateful for their example over the years, and uh, they've given me some great advice. Now, y'all know that uh, I'm pretty involved in kitchen work around here, too. And over the years, I've, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of good people in the kitchen, and several, in fact, who, who've been there with us for quite a while. Uh, We've done all kinds of things together. We've been on retreats. We've been on mission trips. We're camp cooks, and, and we've cooked here at church a lot, too. And it's helped me to become great friends with them. And, uh, but that doesn't mean that, say, you, you put the wrong amount of sugar in the tea or you don't put enough mustard in the beans that they won't criticize you, because they will. <laughs> and they'll be real gentle about it, too. They'll say something like, uh, how have you gotten to be this old being this dumb? So. <laughs> Uh, but you can't let your feelings get hurt over little things like that. You have to, if you've got a friend that'll criticize you and tell you you're doing something wrong, that's a good friend. Uh, everybody's scared to death they're going to say something to hurt somebody's feelings, but if you've got a friend that's not afraid to hurt your feelings when you're doing something wrong, that's a friend you need to hold on to. And I'm fortunate I've got two or three here who are more than willing to do that. Uh, I've got another group of friends here, uh, some boys that I go eat donuts with on Wednesday mornings. And I use the term boys lightly because probably the average age of the boy is 65. So uh, we meet every Wednesday morning. We used to go eat bagels, but they closed the bagel shop down, so we had to start eating donuts. It's, it was a hardship, but we've, been, we've managed to endure it. So uh, we meet every Wednesday morning, and we... We sit and talk together, tell each other about the things going on in our lives, and uh, we laugh at each other. We, we tend to solve all the world's problems, but uh, at the end of the hour, the, the world's not interested in our solutions, and uh, we, just, we just had a good time eating donuts together. But it's, 
another chance that I've had to get to know some, some really good men here and, and become good friends with them. Uh, I got another group of boys, again loosely, that I meet up here with every Thursday morning, and we have a prayer breakfast. Uh, you're probably seeing a food theme here, that's, that's true. But uh, we meet together and we pray about all kinds of things. We pray about this church, about the men and women in it, and uh, we pray about our families, our wives, our children, our grandchildren. We pray that, that God will make us better servants and that he will strengthen us. It reminds me of a, of a verse from James that Tim often uses at the end of his sermons. It's from James 5, 16 through 18. And it says, uh, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. Now, I don't claim to be a righteous man, but I, but I pray with a bunch of them. And I know that there's, there's none of them that I couldn't go to and, and ask for prayers that they wouldn't pray for me right away. Uh, I'm not saying that I don't have friends outside the church, because I do, and many of them are near and dear to me. And I'm grateful for them as well. But the, but the friends that I've made here at Great Oaks have been really special relationships. But I'm, I'm not the first Christian to ever feel that way. Uh, over in Ephesians, Paul, when he wrote to the church at Ephesus, in chapter 1, starting in verse 15, he says, For this very reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I also pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, his glorious riches in the saints, and his incomparably great strength for us who believe. He also wrote a similar passage to his friends in Philippi when he wrote Philippians. And in chapter 1, starting in verse 3, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you, and all my prayers for all of you I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, and being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have all of you in my heart. For whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you sharing God's grace with me. God himself can testify to how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. So, evidently Paul was pretty happy to have friends in the church too. Over a lot of things that I'm grateful for this year, I'm really grateful for my friends here because they're my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I never want to take that for granted. Thank you. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, 
Count your many blessings, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. Thanksgiving is my favorite season of the year. I love the, the weather, the fall colors, the activities outside, and of course the holiday. It's so much fun, there's so much joy in getting together with family, having good meals, sports, shopping, I mean there's something for everybody. But I have to admit, as a child I had an ulterior motive. You see, I was a very unique child and I loved gifts. I was uh, always counting down the days to Christmas when uh, Thanksgiving arrived. arrived. Uh, however, I would have to say, fortunately, I have grown. <laughs> I, uh, through the blessings of, a, of Christian parents and a strong church and passages in the Bible, like Acts chapter 20, verse 35, you know, like many of you, you know, I've learned that it's much better to receive than to give. But sometimes, you know, we can get bogged down even with, with giving. You know, some, those sins of selfishness and, and jealousy can sometimes slip into our heart when we are trying to give that, that most important gift. You know, maybe her gift seemed better than mine, or maybe he liked her gift better than mine, and that makes me feel bad, or that makes her feel bad, and we can get caught up in the, the selfishness aspect versus the gift itself. So this led me to more study to try to understand what is truly the benefit of giving. And I believe through, once again, continued growth and, and study that there's a greater aspect to giving than that single gift itself or that next occasion, that next time that we have the opportunity to give, and that is the ability to give. So you may ask, well, John, what do you mean by the ability to give? Um, you know, if I came into a financial windfall, or if I won the lottery, well, I would, you know, I have a list. I would give to all these things if only I had all those means, but perhaps I don't have the ability. And contrary to what my kids may think sometimes, I'm not made of money either. I, I don't have that unlimited financial resources, but I can tell you I'm a trillionaire when it comes to kind words. Those kind words, those simple acts of love are the most important gift that we can give. In Acts chapter 3, verses uh, 1 through 10, we see Peter and John encountering uh, a man who's handicapped, a lame man at the gates who is asking them for money as they are walking into the temple. And you see in verse 6 of Acts chapter 3, Peter responds, says, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And as we read that whole passage, you can see that lame man jumped. Not only walked, he jumped up and was praising the Lord and was so excited for that intangible gift. So I say to you this morning, I think the ability to give 
It's a lifestyle. It's not just a thought. It's not just something that we want to do on one occasion for one person. It's how we go about our, our daily lives, how we think and how we act when it comes to other people. Because that most important of all gifts is intangible. That's our love. That's sharing our love, our concern, kind words, words of encouragement, affirmation, tears with those people that we love. The second most important gift would be our acts, you know, going in and serving someone. When someone needs help, giving them that help, going and doing things for people. And then finally, of course, we live in a physical world. There are those opportunities to give of physical means, whether it be financial or actual substance. Giving is important. So I'll leave you with a, a final thought. I've, I've heard it described once that there's a the definition of the word luck is when opportunity, excuse me, when preparedness meets opportunity. And I would challenge that that really should be considered the definition of the heart of a Christian giver. Being always prepared to go and seize that opportunity to give to others. So that is, for me, this year especially, I'm most thankful for the ability to give. Sing on, ye joyful pilgrims, nor think the moments long. My faith is heavenward rising with every tuneful song. Lo, on the mount of blessing, the glorious mount I stand. And looking over Jordan, I see the promised land. Sing on, O blissful music, with every note you raise. My heart is filled with rapture, my soul is lost in praise. Sing on, O blissful music, with every note you raise. My heart is filled with rapture, my soul is lost in praise. Good morning. It's great to be here this morning, worshiping with family. Have you ever had something difficult happen in your life? Have you ever had a trial or a trouble or something that didn't go the way you wanted? I think we can all say we have. Um, but one thing I can also say for myself and maybe for some of us here as well is that most of the time we don't think of those challenges as blessings. In the past year or so, um, Micah and I have been really talking about the challenges that we've experienced, and especially in the time that we've been married, and the things that we've had to deal with, and the things that we've had to go through, and some of those things have been difficult. 
Uh, but in the, you know, recently we've, we've discussed those things and we've kind of come to the conclusion after many of those things have passed over and we've gotten through those things, we've come to the conclusion that challenges can be blessings and that there are good things that can come from challenges. And so this morning, I want to tell you why I'm thankful for challenges. Before I get into the lesson, I also want to tell you what I don't want you to hear this morning. I don't want you to hear that nothing in life is hard, and if you struggle, that means you don't have faith. That's not true. There are some very difficult things that can happen to us in life, and it's okay to struggle. I also don't want you to hear that challenges are only positive and good things, and there's no reason for sadness or anger or any other emotion. I think God gives us emotions for a reason, and I think that there can be times when we're, when we're going through tough things, and we can be sad or we can be angry. There's reasons for those things, and so challenges are not only positive and good things. I also don't want you to hear that I'm an expert in dealing with challenges because I'm 26 years old, I'm young, and I haven't experienced a lot in life, but just like many of you, I have experienced some tough things. My life hasn't been perfect. And so I wanna tell you this morning why I'm thankful for challenges. When I was preparing this lesson, I sat down and I was thinking of myself and my friends and my family and our church family here, and I was thinking about the tough things that we've gone through in the past year. And so I made a list of um, things that I personally have gone through or things that I've uh, heard of people going through or things that I've known um, of people going through. Um, and some of the things I thought of are things like having a child who loses their faith, losing a loved one unexpectedly, being mistreated or bullied in school, dealing with depression and mental health difficulties, divorce or relationship problems, losing a close friendship, financial troubles, losing a long-term job, being diagnosed and treated for cancer. These things are difficult, and these things can seem overwhelming and consuming, and a lot of times they can be more than we can handle by ourselves. But they can also be good. And so this morning I want to give you two reasons why I'm thankful for challenges and then the lesson will be yours. The first reason I'm thankful for challenges is because they provide an opportunity for growth. If you'll turn with me to J James chapter 1, James chapter 1, right at the, ver the very beginning of James' letter, the first thing he talks about is trials and challenges. And in James chapter 1, starting in verse 2, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. James says that challenges are tests of faith. And those tests of faith lead ultimately to a complete Christian. I think challenges provide that opportunity for growth. You look at people who run marathons or even longer races than marathons. Do they get out there and just show up the day of the marathon and run without any type of training or pain? No. These people get out here and run miles and miles and miles, a lot further than I could ever run, and they go through pain and challenge 
so that they can grow as a runner and become a complete runner. And this is the exact idea that James has given us here. He says that when we go through challenges and when we go through trials, we are growing our faith into becoming a complete Christian. How can we do that? Psalm 119, verse 71 says, the the writer here says, It is good for me that I've been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. James chapter 5, verse 13 says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. 1 Peter 4.19 says, Let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good. Challenges allow us to see certain scriptures in different light. They allow us to pray with a new perspective, and they help us to do good with a better motivation. And so I'm thankful for challenges this morning because I've found out and I've, I've seen from others that they help us grow into a mature and complete Christian. And I truly believe that there's no other way to get there. So that's number one. Challenges provide us with an opportunity for growth. Another way that I'm thankful for challenges is because I've seen that challenges give us a new perspective that help us to rely on God. If you want to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and starting in verse 7, Paul here is discussing... um, kind of his life and the challenges that he's had, and he's talking about this thorn of the flesh, this affliction that he's been given. And we don't know exactly what that is, but we know it's some kind of challenge or affliction that that he has that's um, caused his life to be not what he wanted. And so starting in verse 7 of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul here is discussing his thorn in the flesh, but he, he talks about the infirmities, the reproaches, the needs, the persecutions, the distresses, all these different things he's gone through. And I think when we go through things like that, <clears throat> we can feel kind of like he does, and even worse, we can, we can feel like sometimes when we go through a really tough challenge that we hit rock bottom, and we feel so weak, and we feel like we can't do it on our own. And the reason I'm thankful for challenges this morning is because I can't do it on my own, and challenges help me to see that. Challenges give me that new perspective so I can realize that I need to rely on God. A lot of times, I like to do hiking and backpacking and things like that, and a lot of times people talk about a mountaintop experience in life, you know, um, things like when when you hike and you get to the top of the mountain and you can see what all you've conquered and you can see so far through the landscape. And what Paul is saying here is that challenges are the exact opposite of those mountaintop experiences. Challenges are good for us because we're looking up at a cliff that there's no way we could ever make it to the top of. And we're so weak, and we can't do it on our own. 
but we have that new perspective when, we, when we're in these tough situations and we see that the only way we can make it is with God. So I'm thankful for challenges this morning uh, because they provide us the perspective that we need. The times when we can't see the way forward or we're too weak to handle the stress or when we're looking at the cliff wondering how we can ever make it to the top, those are the times when we understand that we need to rely on God. So those are the two reasons I'm thankful for challenges. Um, they provide us with an opportunity for growth, to grow, <clears throat> to grow into a mature Christian, and they give us a new perspective <clears throat> that helps us to rely on God. So this morning I ask you, consider how your life has changed recently. Consider the difficulties, the challenges that you've experienced in life since, since the, the week of Thanksgiving last year. Life can be hard, and we go through things that seem impossible to overcome, and you might be going through something like that this morning. But I hope you can agree with me that these things can be an opportunity for growth and that these things can give us a good perspective so that we can rely better on God. I also hope you can see that with the guidance of God and with the, with the help of the church family here, you can make it through anything you're dealing with. If you have a need this morning, if you have a challenge in your life, if you're going through something difficult that you want the church family here to pray about, if you'd like to become a Christian, those are all great things. And I know that there's hundreds of people in this room who'd be glad to help you this morning with anything you need. So if you need anything that you need to respond for uh, publicly this morning, you can come forward as we stand and as we sing.